People in the city have the right to make a law. That if you want to plant in, this ta- in the fields outside the city, which is obviously common, people in the city own land outside the city. You know, they, land, they live inside the city and farm land outside the city. You have to keep the tree 25 amas from the city. I guess from the edge of the wall, perhaps, or from the trum. That's because it looks nice in the city to have an open area. We also know this halacha, for example, by your miklot, that you have to, your levium, that they have a perimeter outside the city where you keep it open for just the city to look nice. When it comes to a carob tree or a wild fig tree, Hamishim Mama has to be 50 amas because these particular trees have a lot of branches and look much more cluttered. The Pneo here, again, this is because the city should look nice. What if you have a tree that's closer than 50 amas? So we'll see whether or not the city came first and the guy planted the tree where he shouldn't have. Well, the guy planted the tree far away, but the city expanded. He cut the tree down. Now, the question is, does the guy get his money for the tree? If the tree was there first, and then the city came or the city expanded. The people of the city have to pay him. He has the right to demand reimbursement for the tree. Whatever that's worth based on the tree's value. What if you're not sure what came first? Now, I don't think that means you're not sure when the city came. You remember when the city was established. But it means the city, for example... Now we measured it. We see, oh, it's 48 amas away. And he tainas, I can treat the tree was there first. Then the city expanded. They said, no, the city expanded first. And he planted the tree. We don't know which came first. So, or a better example is, let's say, for example, it's 40 amas away. And because, again, it's not hard to determine what day the, the certain edge, a, new, a new layer of houses was built. Let's say it's 40 amas away. The question is, when the tree was planted, it was 49 amas away or 51? We don't remember it was a long time ago before the new road house was built. So in that case, if it's a 49 amas away, so a long time ago he, he did the wrong thing. But, or if it's 51 amas away when he planted it, it was okay. It's just now it's a problem. In any event, there's no question about whether or not the, the tree gets cut down. So You can dig it up and take it with you. Perhaps. But it cuts doesn't mean you cut it down. But if you want to dig it up, you do that too. But if we're not sure who came first, he's tining my tree's allowed to be... He, he's, he's tining that my tree came first. They're timing that, no, our city came first. So either way, the din is if he gets cut down. The question is, is he reimbursed? He doesn't have a right to get money, demand money. He takes the, 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 the wood from the tree, which that's taka his, and he goes. Because either way, whether the tree came first, even if the tree came first and the house the city expanded afterwards, the din is that, this, that the city has the right to cut the tree down. The thing is, is that in that case, they have to reimburse him. Now, we don't know in this case whether or not the, the, the tree came first or not. So therefore, everyone agrees the tree gets cut down. The question is, can he demand reimbursement? So if it's a suffix, he cannot really demand a reimbursement. Base. If you have an established threshing floor, when they thresh the wheat, they throw up the kernels, right, and the chaff blows away. Because if it was an only one-time thing, the halacha could be different with different future prakim. But if you have an established threshing floor in this farm, he has to be 50 amas away from the city. Because the wind should not take this chaff straw while he's winnowing. It'll damage or harm the people of the city because it's unpleasant, it's dust in the air, it doesn't smell, whatever it is. Right? That's all legitimate taina and the city can demand he keeps 50 amas distance. A person is not allowed to make a established threshing floor in his own property. Unless he had 50 amas on all sides to his neighbors from the edge of the threshing floor. Again, 
Same idea that it shouldn't damage, for example, I, for example, the, the previous case, it's going to be said, Yatska Bnei Ha'ir. What if in this case, it's a farm area. There's no one living there. What's the problem? <coughs> he says it shouldn't be Yazik and Tiyaz It could damage the plant. The, um, the, uh, the, this, this, this chaff has the ability, apparently, to damage the crops. What if the fields in all directions, all around here, are not being used? Sometimes the farmers leave them fallow for, for, for a long time. What's the tiny there? So the tiny there is He's going to damage the, 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 he's going to affect the plowing. The Ramam explains to Pirish Mishnah, apparently, that this, this straw, this chaff, that uh, is going to go, you know, when they would leave the field empty to give it a chance to rege- regenerate the, the um, nurture in the soil, they would also put fertilizer there. If that mixes with the fertilizer, the chaff will make it, uh, make it not good. So therefore, it, it damage it that way. In any event, a, a threshing floor can cause damage up to 50 amps. Gimel. Therefore, the, the, therefore, the city or the neighbors have the right to demand a 50 amma buffer zone. Machikinus and Avelis, if you have carcasses dead of dead animals, as or graves, Vesabrutskri or a tannery where they make leather, you have to keep it far from the city, because of the smell that the dead animal or the graves, you make a Vesakvaris. You know, I guess, you know, you bury people, they stay there around for a while before they bury them, whatever it is, that's considered something which has to be kept 50 amas away from a city. Um, and a, le- a, le- a, t- a tannery as well. When they make leather, it smells very bad. They use feces involved and all kinds of things. Okay. Dalit. Besides the fact that you have to keep it 50 amas away, so when it comes to, for example, carcasses and besak any as long as it's 50 amas away, in any direction, that's fine. When it comes to a tannery, it can only be made 50, besides being 50 amas away, it has to be 50 amas on the eastern side of the city. You can't make it to the north, south, or west side of the city, even if it's more than 50 amas, apparently. Now, if it's a thousand miles away, obviously it's not a tiny. I'm not sure how far it's far, but the point is 51 amas is not okay if it's not on the east side. It has to be Dafka on the east side, besides for being 50 amas away. The eastern wind is warm. The Ramah is talking about Eretzisrael, the Pashtas, where he says over here, where to the eastern side of the civilization part of Eretzisrael was desert land. That warm air from the desert has the ability to neutralize the bad smell that comes from the leather making process. All right. Hey. A person wants to make a little pool, like a, a, a pit in the ground. And over there, he's going to soak flax. In the process of making flax into, into, into uh, pishton, into, into making it into, into linen, you have to soak it before you twine it, etc. So he wants to make it, and his neighbor has a garden, a vegetable garden. The problem with that is that the, the flax water just gets soaked in the ground. It's going to cause the vegetables to get damaged. Or the person plants leeks close to his friends' onions, which apparently damages the taste of the leeks. That damages it, it makes the taste weakened. Or a person is going to plant mustard seeds near his fellows, near, near next to his neighbors or beekeeper. In which case the bees are going to come and they're going to pollinate, they're going to come to pollinate the mustard plants or eat, 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 eat the mustard plants but then that causes the honey to get like a mustard taste now honey and mustard is considered a, a, a good thing apparently but I guess it's, the honey itself shouldn't be uh, taste like mustard unless you want it to and these similar things in which case a guy really is not doing anything damaging directly uh, even though we learned before when it comes to even though it's your own property, you have to... You have to yeah, previous property, we looked about, let's say, for example, a pool of water that's going to damage, damage a... Um, 
damage a, uh, a person's wall, for example, yeah? So, so the question why this is different is a good question, but in any event, these are not considered direct damage. So, you're not to distance yourself to the point that you can prevent the damage in all circumstances. That's not required. It's the person who's afraid of getting damaged who has to distance himself away from the other person's property and wants to protect himself. So he should not be damaged. Why? Because the guy who has the mustard seeds, so the guy who has the, um, the leeks, planting the leeks, or even the guy who has the pool of water for the flax, He's doing the he's doing his own property. And the damage reaches his friend by itself. It's not it's not considered like a direct direct damage. Therefore, you can't say that he's responsible to prevent the damage from reaching you. It's a, it's a, it's an inevitable result of what his rights to doing his property. When is it true to say he doesn't have to distance himself? When the damage comes by itself, when the maisa mazik, the damager, finished doing his activities, and then later on it affected this person. If, however, the person doing the damage is impacting the person getting damaged, he's acting, that's like damaging with his hands. Directly. What can this be compared to? Someone is standing at his, his property. Shooting arrows to his fellow's property. In which case, of course, you prevent him. And therefore, if it's being done directly, you have to stop him. That's why this is different than the case where the person digs near this fellow's uh, wall or puts a pool of water near this fellow's wall. With the flax, I guess, the vart is, is that the water doesn't do a damage immediately. Only later on, after you put the flax in, it sits there for some time, the flax soaks in the water, then the water gets impacted by the flaxes and the chemicals, then it goes into the ground and it'll, it'll, it'll damage the, um, the, uh, the other person's um, produce. Yeah, later on. That's the third part. Okay. Which page? 515. Similarly, all the different things we spoke about where you have to distance yourself. Uh, all the previous cases, like for example, you, when, when, when you, have a, a, you dig a, 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 a pit, of water for, for water next to your fellow's wall, all these cases, if you don't da- distance yourself as required, is it as if you damage with your arrows and therefore you have to pay. The fich, therefore, because the whole reason why these three cases for the having the mustard seeds next to the beehive, for example, is is not considered direct damage. You have to distance this soaking pool of flax or the leaks from the onions, the chadam and the the mustard from the bees, at least feed tvachim or more. Although, if it's such a small gap, or no gap at all, really, that's just like direct damage. However, to require him to distance himself so far, there'd be no damage, that's unnecessary. So, as long as it's more than three tvachim, you can't say he's doing the damage when he does this behavior. He plants the leaks, and that's it. Later on, it impacts the taste of the onions, that's not considered direct damage. That's as long as it's three tvachim away. Okay. Vav. This is a halacha vav, a good example of how, I guess, social norms or comfort distance, what's considered normal in the Western world today, is not the same as it was times of the Rambam. The person in the second floor pouring water on the floor, right? The guy, guy doesn't have a nigel of shizzle. He pours nigel directly on the floor. Hey, in the area, in the door, the mat, and they go into, into the, the guy on the first floor. 
If besides for the wood that creates the roof, on top of that there was a layer of plaster for a floor on the second floor, so it wasn't like the exact same pieces of wood are, are both a roof for the first floor and the floor for the second floor. Rather, it was a layer of plaster, tiles or whatever. In which case, the water gets absorbed when he pours it. Only after he stops pouring at a later, you know, later, either a minute later or an hour later, whatever it is. So after he stops pouring, the water gets absorbed completely into the plaster on the floor. Only afterwards does it drip through and then drip on the first floor. It's the guy in the first floor's problem to prevent this by making some kind of waterproof uh, layer on the on on the on, on his on his ceiling uh, and distance himself and prevent the damage from reaching him. Now in today's uh, housing market, I don't think this would fly. But in Adam's times, that was considered standard. Ancient Maziva. And if, however, the guy on the first, second floor doesn't have like a like a like a layer of plaster, rather it's the rafters or the the beams, the wood that call, that creates the roof on the first floor, that is the ceiling of the second floor. Right. Yeah. Therefore, when he pours it, he immediately goes through through the right. holes or cracks and immediately pours on the guy on the first floor. Right. That's considered direct damage with your arrows. The other the second guy on top floor has to correct the situation. Oi, alternatively, don't pour water on the floor, get negative shizzle. The chen koitz bezeh, same thing applies in all situations. All right. Sign. Someone who had a, fee, a tree in his field, and the other side of the property line, his neighbor's property was a burr. And uh, it could be either that means that it's okay for him to, to actually put, uh, put the tree there. But in any event, the fact is, it's. Uh, even those who want to shot that I'm saying that you're not supposed to do that, but, the, but, but once he did, it's there. In any event, the fact is now it's here. Now, the guy who has the pit is starting to say, listen, my water pit that I dug here in my property is starting, the walls are starting to crack, the roots of your tree are starting to crack, are starting to you know, reach into my property and break through the wall. The owner of the, of, the, of, the, of the pit is not allowed to prevent the owner of the tree having a tree there and telling him, the roots of your tree are going into my property, breaking through my swimming pool, and now my swimming pool is, is, is getting damaged. That's not a good time. Because this, after some period of time, the roots of the tree reach so far into the other person's property, that's considered like a damage that happens at a later point. It's not considered like he's damaging directly. So it's, it's, it's like the case with the mustard seeds. And therefore, obviously, he has to distance the tree from the property line some distance. Tweetfachim, perhaps, like we learned by the Ben the mustard seeds. Or maybe Dalamus. But, uh, but in any event, he can't tell him that you have to make sure that your roots of your tree never reach my swimming pool. But When a guy's planting his tree, he's not doing any damage. Just like this guy digs into his property, makes a burr or a swimming pool. He's planting a tree in his property. So you dig your swimming pool, I'll plant my tree. I don't bother you, don't bother me. <laughs> the guy did a swimming pool, and he's, while doing a swimming pool, he finds the roots that are Shimon's tree. So Shimon said, so, uh, Shimon's going to say, don't cut those roots, it's going to damage my tree. No. He can cut the roots and keep digging, and he can, keep, he can even keep the, the roots. They're in his property. But that's provided that the roots are far from the tree. If, however, the roots or 60 down away from the trunk of the tree, he has to give the roots back to Shimon. He can still cut them, 
but the roots belong to Shimon. The Kayetzev initially has to cut them given to him. Because apparently the Gemara says that the, 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 the 16 Amis within the tree and the, and the root of the trunk itself, they nurture from each other. And they nurture from the ground together. So it's actually part of the tree. So he can't prevent them from cutting the roots, but he can demand that he gives it back to him. Good. But the point is, it's just like you can, it's his property, he can cut the roots, he can plant the tree. Okay? This is because the guy is digging a pool and the roots are in the way. If he doesn't have to dig a, a, a pool, but the roots are in his field, so I guess he sees it because he's sticking out of the ground somewhat, right? So, so what does he do with the roots? In his property, he's allowed to go, go as deep down as sweet Tzvachim and cut the roots so it doesn't prevent the plow from passing by. Um, so, so, there, so, there, so, there, so therefore this prevents the plow from getting damaged. And any root he finds that's within three Tzvachim on the surface of the ground, he has a right to cut it. And even though Shimon's going to say, what do you mean it's going to damage my tree? He's digging his own property. So I'm digging my property, three tzvach, in order to prevent the plow from getting damaged, my plow from getting damaged. And if it's within 60 hours of the tree, he has to give it to the owner. Um, but it's not my problem if it, if it impacts your tree. This is all if he doesn't have to dig a burr. But let's say, for example, the guy Stan wants to wants to dig more than three tefach. I want to dig I, my property. I want to dig and cut the roots. And then he's not allowed to do that. He's only allowed to dig three tefach to prevent the platforming damage. There's no reason. I it's my property. This is the difference between American law and Torah law. I have the right, right to do whatever I want. In Torah, we don't care about rights. We have responsibilities. If I have no reason to dig more than three tefach to your dam, to, to your roots, why should I do that? If I have a bird to dig, fine. I have a reason. But Stalin's going to dig in my property to cut the roots because I decided I don't like you. Now I'll do that. Yeah? Ches. That's the main difference in Torah and secular law. Is it rights or is it responsibilities? Right? Tell you responsibilities. Ches. Okay, this is an issue halacha. The one person's field, he had vines planted there. Or another kind of tree. And the other guy wants to plant a vine in his property. Oh, my neighbor's a smart guy who plants his own vines. I'm going to plant my vines. Or you you have orange trees. I'm going to plant orange trees. You have to distance yourself from the edge. Because when that guy comes, um, and the reason for that is either because you have to leave four amas of space and the plow has the ability to to go around the uh, the tree. Or it has to do with the quality of the soil in there to throw. And we'll see, by Medvamer, if it's a this is near to Israel, where the plows were, were, were a little wider, they didn't dalamus. Or alternatively, that because the soil was more rich, the, 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 the vines would go deeper and wider, therefore it needs for Amos to make sure the vines have their space. The plows were narrower, two Amos was enough. Or alternatively, that the soil, the soil is not as rich. So because the ground is not as rich, so the vines don't go as wide or as deep. And two Amos is sufficient. And if it's not both kifana, if it's, if it's only one side is vines, or both sides are trees, so neither side is vines, then in either way is, is necessary. Is what? Is, is required. By you it says because the Magad Mishnah wants to tie that it's actually a misprint, and it's supposed to be two Amis. So yeah, if, both, if the tree on both sides, it's supposed to say Shte Amis, but I don't know if that, is that your Gisa? Amis? 
Okay, so then that's fine. Okay, so okay, so then that's not the gears, I guess, in your realm either. Fine. So it's Arab Amis. So the point is, is that is that um, is that in Eretz, if it's Eretz Yisrael, basically the point is, is that you always have to have Dal Amis between the, the trees on both sides of the property, unless you're talking about both sides of the property line are vines and it's Chutz Laaretz. That's when two Amis is sufficient. Now both these guys can the plant simultaneously. Pashtus, they have to each one has to give two Amis each side or one Amis each side. In the case where it's uh, the case where it's uh, where it's where it's uh, um, <coughs> vines on both sides. <laughs> okay, how you got them in times? Is there if there's a, a fence or, or between the two properties? You can go right up to the fence. Why is that? Either it could be it's impacting the quality of the tree. According to the beer, that it has to do with the quality of the soil. According to the explanation, you, you, need, you need to plow. Well, if you have a fence, then you have to anyways with the fence. So. So the fence is a statement that both people agree that they're gonna each one do what you do on your side, do my side, and I don't bother you about me. Okay. If your tree, their branches are, are reaching over to my yard. So what's my right to cut the branches off your tree? Right? Again, in American law, I can say it's my property, I'm gonna cut till Shemayim. Right? But no, terrorism, what's the point? They're doing that. If it's inconveniencing you, so you you cut the height of the branches in the Malayim Ardea, the plow, the goad, the part of the plow that you need to, to, go, to, go, to go through the area, on top of a plow. It's like a contraption for plow, basically. So the height that's necessary for me to be able to walk by with my plow, that's what I can cut. But higher than that, why should I cut? You must have a tiny because I need to make a sukkah or something. But otherwise, why should you do it? But if it's a case where it's a bigger problem besides, for example, a carob tree or a sycamore tree, which... Which are very the branches are very thick. Be, um, uh, they have a lot of branches. They, they, they have a, a lot of the shade. That, that that intensity of the shade is going to make the grass over there not grow properly. So you need sunlight, right? So creates In that case, you can cut the entire height so that the, the from a bird's eye view, the branches are equal to the property line. Or another example is it's a regular tree, but it's a tree reaching over to base in a field that needs a lot of water. Right? Beshashlachan is the type, type of field that the thing growing there needs a lot of water. It's not enough to rain. You have to go and, and give some water to make it grow. Shachavedri. Or an orchard, which needs a lot which needs a lot of rain. So in that case, the branches of the tree are preventing the dew. They won't prevent the rain, but to prevent the dew. Dew is important. And therefore, in the case of called Teya, you can cut all the branches. That's also a legitimate case where you have the right to tiny. You want to cut the branches until they're equal from a bird's eye view to the property line.